Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you today and every day from 1 to 3 p.m. here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson and. As we begin each hour, it's uh, time for us to dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, challenge our assumptions a little stronger, and, of course, disagree a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So it is time to think again. That's what we do at the top of every hour is we get you a chance to just pause for a minute, challenge the assumptions, uh, or as Albert Einstein said, it's not that I'm any smarter. I just stay with the questions longer and uh, thrilled to have joining us back on the program again, uh, Charles Misrahi, who is the alpha investor and uh, one of the great thinkers. He always challenges me. I always learn something new. He always causes me to think again. Uh, Charles, thanks for coming back on the program. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Boyd. Uh, you wrote a piece recently uh, about some backlash. It's kind of a think-again moment. Uh, a lot of corporations uh, have become very woke, very politically correct. And uh, you're saying that uh, there's starting to be a little bit of a backlash as it relates to that. Yeah, I'm starting to see that. And, you know, it's really a place that corporate America shouldn't be involved in. Because this whole woke this whole the wokeism, the cancel culture is really let's call it for what it is. It's censorship. It's suppressing freedom of speech. It's basically saying a small, solid core, really loud group of radicals uh, are basically getting away by uh, canceling you, by saying not only do we not agree with you, but you, uh, you what you're saying is not valid and you have no right to say that. People losing their jobs their 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 uh, livelihoods uh, their reputations for what for something they did 10 years ago 20 years ago or 30 years ago by because a group a mob basically said that we don't agree with this yeah and so as you look at how we start to transcend that and so what some of the backlash is i i think there was kind of this moment of like okay oh that's good well we need to be more aware of this more aware of that uh, but to me the the real question for a lot of these corporations is it almost seems like some of them are uh, just kind of using this as a distraction. You know, they'll they'll say some politically correct thing or take some particular stance, uh, 
uh, but they're not really changing behavior. They're not really hiring more minorities. They're not developing more leaders. They're not, you know, being more involved in the community that way. Uh, is this something that corporations have used just as a tactic uh, to keep their customers in check? Uh, or is there really an opportunity? Can we have a different kind of discussion about all of these issues in corporate life? Okay, so you bring up a really great point. Uh, and let me rephrase it to see if we're on the same page. How committed is corporate America to these beliefs? Would that be fair? Yes, yes. Right? Okay. I think very little, if any. Yeah. They're making, in my opinion, they're making a business decision. They're saying we have more to lose by standing up against wokeism than agreeing with it. Therefore, our consumer base, our sales, revenue, reputation, protest are going to be worse if we stand up. You know what? Let's just go with the flow. Yeah. That's what I think is happening. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Coke. I don't think Delta, Major League Baseball. Bottom line, you know, we have here the majority, and this is us, this is me, this is you, this is the majority of people, decent people, hopefully thinking people, are saying, I never had a problem with what you said. Uh, that's why this country is yeah. built on freedom of speech. Say what you want, but you're, you're basically attacking people and censoring them and telling them that they can't say this and canceling. What a terrible word. You're yeah. being canceled. So really, if you're asking me how much of corporate America's heart is really in this, I would, on a scale of one to ten, maybe a one and a half, because really they're concerned about increasing shareholder value. Yeah, and as long as the majority, like us, don't stand up and don't speak and don't come against, this small mob is going to rule. Yeah, and so much of it is just uh, getting to that point where you can say, okay, we're we're actually more than a melting pot uh, here in America. Uh, I love what uh, the Reverend... Amos Brown out of the uh, historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. Uh, he always says, no, it's not. You, you don't want a melting pot because that takes all the taste and the flavor out and it takes all the nutrients out. What you really want is a salad bowl uh, where you can value all the differences, where you don't have to have a battle between the, you know, the tomatoes and the cucumbers. They can each be valued for who they are, what they are, and, uh, and together everybody moves forward in a significant way. And, uh, Charles, I want to get to the, the dollars and cents of all of this, uh, because this is your world. Uh, we know that uh, tonight we're going to hear from uh, President Joe Biden. He's going to lay out uh, an additional $1.8 trillion spending measure. And uh, to pay for that, uh, he's talking about uh, capital gains tax uh, going up uh, and a few other things. Uh, as you look at it as an investor, as you look at it in terms of someone concerned and following the economy closely, what is all this going to mean for the American people? Well, over the short term, you know, when taxes are raised, uh, incentive is taken out of the system, money uh, to innovate, to continue moving forward because they want to, have to pay mortgage taxes. Uh, GDP starts to slow. And uh, who gets hurt? It's mostly the working people. You know, it's, uh, right. uh, the rich are going to stay rich and get richer. That's not going to be an issue. Uh, Jeff uh, Be- uh, Bezos is not going to have much of an issue. Bill Gates is not going to have much of an issue. But it's the person who basically has a small corporation, 50 people, 100 people. They have to pay higher taxes now, less profit to the bottom line. They're going to let three to four people go. It doesn't increase employment. You know, it increases unemployment. Yeah. Where in any place does taxes actually increase and stimulate an economy? 
You want to stimulate economy, you lower taxes. It, 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 there's no rocket science here. When you have to pay more to the government and you have less, the question then becomes, why innovate if it's just going to cost me more? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my big worry is when we stop innovating, when companies stop investing in people or technology uh, or really pushing the boundaries and, and innovating, uh, that's where America really loses its competitive advantage. And look what happened during President Trump. He cuts taxes and cuts regulations, and the economy and the GDP start increasing. We have right before COVID, uh, unemployment at, I think, uh, an all-time low or pretty close to an all-time low. And this economy where we are right now wouldn't be here if it wasn't healthy going into COVID. I shudder to think if this was under the Obama administration where we were stagnant for close to four years. There was no real growth. There was no any. I, it's just unbelievable that people are actually thinking that by increasing taxes, increasing stimulus, it's going to drive inflation higher. It's going to cause a whole bunch of problems, and it's going to hurt middle America. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't hurt the rich. The poor are still going to get their their subsidies. The rich are still going to find ways to shelter money, to move money, to innovate, to move money offshore. It's the middle class which is going to get hurt. And it just boggles my mind how middle class Americans believe that this president and this administration is for them. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how that uh, plays out tonight. And uh, it goes back to something I, I've seen over and over that so often in our rush to alleviate the suffering of some, uh, we end up creating suffering for a whole lot more. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out tonight. Uh, again, Alpha Investor, host of the Charles Mizrahi Show, which I have been on. That's uh, a great podcast. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Charles, thanks so much for joining us today. Always appreciate your insight. Thanks so much for having me, Boyd. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Charles. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Always interesting to get that uh, financial expert perspective in terms of what these policies are going to mean for real people as the country moves forward. We're going to step aside when we come back. Uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee is going to join us, uh, talk about some of the things that are bipartisan in nature as it relates to tax credits. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.